Welcome back, everybody, to the SaderCast, episode three. We made it three episodes. This is cause for celebration. Augie, how you doing today? Yeah, third time's a charm. We've made it to the, the third episode, and let's just get right into it. The wild card race is in Major League Baseball. It's, it's probably the most insane we've seen in many, many years. I, I don't understand what's going on. So yeah, first we, of all, I've been tuned out of baseball because the Red Sox are absolutely atrocious, but we fired Heim Bloom. Yes, we did it. Yes, the Red Sox made a move. Uh, and that's pretty much their only storylines for the past month. Yeah, so. they're, they're, they're a garbage team, and I hope they're better next year. But let's actually talk about good teams. Starting with the AL wildcard race, there have been two teams that are now currently playing baseball in October. We've got the Tampa Bay Rays as a wildcard. And for the first time in what feels like forever, the Baltimore Orioles have clinched playoff position. Yes, they have clinched a playoff spot. They're currently in the lead in the American League East. Uh, the Rays are a really good team, and they're right behind them on their tail. But the Orioles and Rays are going to be fighting to the end to see who wins that division as it's pretty much – it has turned into a two-team race and not the two teams we thought it was going to be coming no. into the season. But two very interesting teams. And well, granted, you know, no, I'm going to just throw something at yeah. you there. I expected the Rays to I, be I here. agree. I agree. I expected the Orioles to need another year. So this is just – I will be rooting for them this postseason. I expected the Rays to be there, but I also expected them probably being the number one team or behind the Yankees. I, I, I had Yankees Rays one too. Yeah, so. I mean, Judge getting hurt, that kills the Yankees. But – they uh, suck, the real- and it's lovely. Yeah, I, I do not hate that either. But the reality of the situation is it's awesome to see the Baltimore Orioles mm-hmm. have success. They have such a young team, and they have such a good pitching staff. Kyle Bradish is a name. They're just, just He's been, like, absolutely dominant for them. They have a few relievers, Yenier Cano, Felix Bautista, I think, is getting healthy again. And he's it's one of the just, best closers in the game of baseball. And then it, they, have, yeah, yeah, they have a few other guys, incredible. Mike Bauman, who's stepped up this year, uh, Danny Colombay, who stepped up this year. And they've year. got more on the way, too. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, the reality is the Orioles are a team you do not want to play in October. And regardless of what people say, Camden Yards is going to be a hostile environment, and if you have to go in there, and Baltimore is just not where you want to be. And you know, they're not in the wild card race unless the Rays overtake them. But you know, the AL West, they're really in the wild card race. Oh, yeah. Three teams within one game of each other in the AL West. What's going to happen? So as it stands right now, none of these teams are currently playing. As we're talking, I yeah, okay, I got that right. So, currently it's the Houston Astros at 85 and 68 in the position. However, that has a chance to change because you've got the Seattle Mariners one game behind them at 84-68. And, of course, the Texas Rangers just won big over the worst team in baseball today, 15-5 uh, to over the Red Sox, 84-68. <laughs> to 68. So, it's between Houston, Seattle, and Texas for that position. Yeah, I mean, so we have a... Huge weekend series between the Mariners and the Rangers. Yeah, and they're coming and up. It's at Texas, so the Mariners are going to have some huge games in Texas to see what they have, what they're able to do. I mean, that but, Texas yeah. pitching staff, it's going down. Matt. But here's, Scherzer's out for the season. I don't want to interrupt you right yeah, there, absolutely. but since we're talking matchups, look at who Houston's got. They've got the Royals. Yeah, and so that's big because if Seattle and Texas split the series, yeah then Houston has a chance to sweep the Royals and just run away with that spot. Yeah, not only do they have the Royals, they have the Royals at home. So, I mean, Houston has an opportunity to gain some ground this weekend. So, I mean, it's really going to come down to Seattle oh, and Texas God. and who, who can win that series. Yeah, but, <laughs> just looking at the Royals right now, they're 51-102. and 102. That is not a good baseball team. Yeah, no, they've they struggled this year. They're just ahead of the A's. But uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, 84-67, and 67, you know, they're just a half game above both Seattle and Texas. So, it's going to be crazy in the AL. Um, I mean, two of those three teams are going to make it. The Yankees are just about eliminated. The Red Sox are, I'm pretty sure, eliminated. They're, they're not officially eliminated yet, but they're, they're, they they're garbage. The they're garbage. And so, I mean, who do you think? Who, who of those Toronto, Seattle, Texas, who do you think is going to be the one that doesn't get in? Um, all right, here's what I'm going to say right now. First of all, we'll call Houston a playoff team. I agree. They have just been so good. We haven't even talked about the Twins yet, but they're going to make the playoffs. Somehow, um, here's what I'm going to say. I don't know if Toronto has it. And I say this wanting them to have it. They've had such a good roster for the past few years, and they just choke when it matters. Like, biggest choke I've ever seen was in the playoffs last year of a baseball team ever against the Mariners. I think they're going to fall out of favor here because they've got the Yankees right now. The Yankees aren't good by any means. But they can still, like, mess you up if you want. Especially in the Bronx. Absolutely. absolutely. And so I don't know who they've got afterwards, but just considering how hot Texas is right now and how well, you know, they've been developing their prospects, I'm going to say Texas makes it, and then it's a showdown between Seattle 
as well as Toronto for the final spot. And I think Seattle's got the momentum. Yeah, I agree with Seattle. I mean, Seattle is such a tough place to play. And the Blue Jays, they have the Rays this weekend. So that's not an easy series. And the Rays, they're not going to give in. They have, they're trying to win the division. They're trying to overtake the Orioles. So it's going to be crazy. I'm curious to see if the Rangers or the Mariners, one of the two teams, sweep uh, the other. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a split, and they're both going to stay mm-hmm. in the race. Yep. And I and I also agree with you. I think the Blue Jays are going to be the team to fall out of that wild card yeah. picture in the AL. But and that's just not to say the Blue Jays are a bad team. I just don't know if they have the staying power that these two other two teams have because Seattle has gotten hot at the right time, and Texas fell off a cliff for a bit and then got hot again. Like you need momentum as well. Yeah, yeah. So the AL, the AL's been crazy, but I think the NL's even more crazy. This, this is just so stupid. Let me just count right now. We have Atlanta and the Dodgers clinching, and then every other team is within like a game of each other. So we've got Milwaukee currently in the lead of the Central. We've got now in the wild card. The top three slots right now are Philly, your Diamondbacks, and then the Chicago Cubs. But don't look now because Miami, Cincinnati, and I will say the Giants are still in this right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad few games for the Giants uh, in Arizona. They just lost both games in Arizona. So the Giants, you know, they needed to win that series or at least to split that series in Arizona, and they did not do that. They're now three and a half games behind the Chicago Cubs, who are in the third wild card spot. Uh, The Brewers are running away from the Cubs a little bit. I think the Brewers are going to clinch the division here soon. Uh, But the Cubs strength the schedule and the Phillies strength the schedule down the wire. It's really easy. It's a lot of Pirates. It's a lot of easy teams. And remember um, when the Pirates had a good start to the year, too? Yeah. I was rooting for them. Yeah, there's, there's some Mets in there for the Phillies as well. Granted, so. the Pirates currently have 70 wins based off of where they've been lately. Good for Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're, they're having a better year. I mean, still not reaching the expectation or goals of trying to make the playoffs. But they have guys coming up. They've had some high draft picks. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question again. Who are your three NL wildcard teams and who's not going to make it? Well, first of all, I want to talk about the Brewers, who did just lose a pitching arm. Um, to PED suspension. I don't remember the name exactly. I'll look it up right now. But I believe it was another Tatis-level suspension. So that's something to monitor. Yeah, they had a guy who was uh, suspended for 162 games. I don't think he was in the big leagues. Uh, It was uh, JC Mejia. Yeah. And it looks like... Well, he's wearing a Brewers uniform here, so he may be a up and down. So he's out. That might play something. The Brewers are going to make the playoffs. Yes. I don't know how far they go, considering they're the Brewers, but we'll see. I'm going to say the Phillies have just been, you know, good enough this year, I think, to warrant a playoff spot. I think the Diamondbacks, meanwhile, are sitting at 81 and 72 with a minus 16 run differential. Granted, you know, I I think they will probably make the playoffs. I would like them to. I just thought for your sake, but there's that. And then for my third team, you could make an argument for any team still going. I would even say, look at the Padres with a seven-game winning streak. Maybe a little too late for that, but I don't know if they keep winning. Like, they've got the Cardinals next, and they just got eliminated today. Um, But I'm going to say, just for the sake of comedy, Cincinnati Reds are making the playoffs. I I like the Reds, too, and they have a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend at home. That's going to be an interesting series. The Giants, I think they're pretty much out after losing. They have have seven games against the Dodgers and four of those games in Los Angeles. That's not really how you want things to go if Mm -hmm. you're the San Francisco Giants. Uh, The Diamondbacks, they have a weekend series against the Yankees. Uh, and then they go to Chicago and to Houston to end the series. Three AL teams to end their well, one of them. One of them is barely a team. The White Sox are atrocious. Yeah, White Sox haven't had a great year. But the Yankees at home, that'll be interesting. See yeah. what kind of fight the Yankees have moving down the stretch. And then ending at Houston, that could be big for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I do think they're going to make it. Uh, and I also think the Cubs are going to make it. I think the three teams are going to be the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, and the Cubs. I think it's going to stay as it is. I don't think the Marlins are going to be able to get it done when it matters most. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, Reds, I don't think they've got it. And I think how the Reds are going to be the most interesting team to watch. I think the Reds are going to come up, and I think they're going to finish just short and be fourth. So One more thing I do want to talk about before we end our MLB segment. Los Angeles Angels sell the team. I just don't have any other words than sell the team immediately. Shohei Otani, big news. He got elbow surgery. He will not pitch in 2024. And there are now questions regarding the level of contract he could get. Do you know how you could have avoided this? You trade him at the deadline instead of deciding to go all in for five games and then put everybody on the block. Like, it's ridiculous what yeah, they've they, done. The Angels, they, they totally botched it this season. They, they went for it. They just weren't healthy enough. And the guys that they acquired just weren't doing enough. They... 
had a really hard strength of schedule and, you know, they wanted to buy. They wanted to try and, you know, make their fans happy. But at the end of the day, it was an ugly scene. They put seven guys on waivers. They were all claimed by that the Indians in the red. That may have been the, the, the single funniest tweet I have ever seen yeah. on baseball Twitter. Yeah, and so it was just not uh, what Artie Moreno and the uh, Los Angeles Angels wanted. I think there's got to be a change there. I mean, clearly something. C- house is getting cleaned. Yeah. Consider selling the team again instead of looking at everything and being like, actually, I could keep this. Yeah, yeah. you, you got you got to do something. Yeah, there. I think not trading Shohei Otani at the deadline was a huge mistake. It, it's a hard trade to make, but it's one where you just have to do it because it's it's a it's a franchise defining trade. You can get so much talent for Shohei. Otani. That's that's like three top prospects and probably some good players already. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to resign him. I think they're not going to resign. They're not going to sign him now. Are extremely low. He's not going that he back. Just left his locker a few days ago. No, yeah, he went to Japan. He's yeah. he's done. He's yeah. no longer a Los Angeles Angel next season. Yeah, I really do think the moral of the story is the Los Angeles Angels have made moves this this season that are going to impact them for years to come, and they're going to be a team that's just struggling mightily for years to come. And they Mike, ju- they and Mike, need, Trout, yeah. Mike Trout needs to get out of there They need well. to be studied. Yeah. How do they have peak Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and do this? Well, they've never had a bullpen. They've never had guys you can shut down in the 7th, 8th, and It's gross. It's gross. And, yeah, ba- baseball is going to be chaotic. We got... I think about 10 games left for each team. I think everyone's about 152 games in. 10 games left for each team. Uh, I'm doing it, the math real yeah, quick. Hold if, on. You're, if your team's 153 in, right now for the Diamondbacks. Yes, 10, we will 10 keep to 9 that games there. left for each team. So if your team's in the hunt, it's going to be chaotic. But those are our thoughts. So let's move from baseball and now head back to Holy Cross Athletics. This is the Satercast. Let's talk about what happened in New Haven this week. Yeah. I almost said Chestnut Hill right there. Yeah, Chestnut Hill was a few weeks ago. Yeah. We, we, we had our talk about that. It was, yeah. it was a fun one. Um, but at New Haven, uh, Holy Cross went to Yale, and it was an interesting first half. I mean, it, This is their game this year. This it, is what it, they do It's right what now. they do. They yeah. start off. They, you know, the other team scores some points. That defense has to get, defense has to get adjusted. Um, I think it was fourteen to seven Yale, and then all of a sudden it was boom, not fourteen. So I think to 7 I think it was Yale. seventeen ten or fourteen ten or something like that. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna. I actually the day after the game, I was in the Hogan Campus Center, you know, getting my morning coffee. It was a Sunday, and I ran into a uh, defensive back on the team. I'm gonna leave his name out just for anonymity purposes. I don't want to get anyone in trouble here. He didn't say anything bad, but he did say we just got to stop being so slow on defense in the first half. So, essentially, they know the problem, but the problem can be fixed when you've got Matt Sluka at quarterback, because what did he do this weekend? My goodness. Six touchdowns for Matt Sluka at Yale. We said they started off a little bit slow, but my goodness, they did not end slow. 49-24, to the Holy Crush Crusaders went in and beat the Yale Bulldogs in a empty Yale Bowl. It was not oh. a lot not a lot of fans there. It's such a good stadium I'm too. interesting I'm interested in the economics of that stadium because there there's a lot of seats and there's not a lot of people there. It's Yale. They have like a five billion dollar endowment. Yeah, They're fine. It's away from campus. But long story short, Holy Cross dominated that that Yale Bulldogs team and you know we said it was going to be a close game. Nolan Grooms is a good quarterback. Nolan Grooms is a great quarterback. I'm, we can't we can stop saying good. He's a great quarterback and he should Hopefully end up on a practice squad somewhere, I would like to believe. But realistically, they just weren't ready. There was their first game of the year. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. And, I mean, I mean, guys were flying all over the place. I mean, Matt Lucas, yeah, I mentioned six touchdowns. Um, I mean, they were running the ball. Fuller had one. I mean, that's his ninth and three. Yeah, imagine averaging three touchdowns a game. He's going to break his dad's records. All of them. He's going to break all of them. And, and also, like, everyone was like, oh, Matt Sluka can't throw. Basically, all of his touchdowns, except for maybe two, were through the air. Jacob Peterson catching his first ever touchdown. Welcome back, Jacob. And then we've also got Jalen Coker, who we'll speak to in a few minutes. Three touchdowns on the day. Yeah, three touchdowns for Coker. I mean, he felt felt like he was open every single play. Nine receptions for Jalen. I mean, that was just an extremely, you know, dominant performance from Holy Cross. And, you know, it was one where we said on the podcast last week, we were like, if Holy Cross wants to accomplish what goals that they have this season, and, you know, that's making the FCS playoffs and, you know, winning some games in the FCS playoffs, beating Yale is step one in those goals, and, you know, they did just that. And let's also be clear, they are still ranked number six, number five, somewhere around there right now. I think different polls have them at different places. They're still a great football team. And so a big part of that great football team, as we just mentioned, Jalen Coker. Yeah, Jalen Coker, three touchdowns, nine catches, 124 yards. And I think, 
he's really when Jalen Coker's going. I think it's when when Matt Sluka's going, when Jordan Fuller's going, and when Jalen Coker's going. This Holy Cross offense is like impo- damn near impossible to be stopped. Absolutely. So we yeah we had the opportunity to speak with Jalen earlier today and. We uh, really appreciate it, um, him joining the podcast. So take it away, Jalen. Really appreciate having you here. So joining us on this section of the Satercast, episode three, we have number 80 for the Holy Cross football team, wide receiver one, reigning crusader of the week, Jalen Coker. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for joining us, of course. So we'll get right into it. My first question for you is, we want to know a little bit about your life before Holy Cross and how'd you end up here? Um, well, you know, I wasn't really highly recruited out of high school. But I, most of the time, I was recruited at DB, but Holy Cross gave me the opportunity to play wide receiver. So, I mean, I visited up here. It was between here and uh, UNH, so I visited up here, fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the people, and just, you know, it was a no-brainer for me. Interesting, you said you were recruited as a defensive back. Were you yeah. normally playing that in high school, or were you a dual player? I was playing all over the place. I mean, punt returner, kick returner, defense, quarterback. offense, quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. I was playing everything, but yeah... Um, they gave me the ability to play receiver, so I definitely took that opportunity. I'd say that worked out pretty well. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you've obviously had some memorable moments on the football field. I mean, whether it be the uh, Buffalo game last year or uh, I think it was Sacred Heart your sophomore year. Um, what's been your favorite memorable moment, and why is that? I mean, I've, I've seen you throw a touchdown pass. I mean, what's been your favorite moment uh, up to date on the football field and why? Um, I mean, I think you've named a couple ones that I really – I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. I mean, I think the Sacred Heart one is a big one for me, just being down and then coming back to throw that ball and then catching it to win the game pretty much. Um, that was good. That was a big one for me, especially the first uh, playoff win in history, so that one was really fun. Um, but, no, I really can't pick an exact moment. I feel like just my journey here has been um, just really something special, and I, I really can't wait to finish it out. Absolutely. So, we want to talk about BC a couple weeks ago. What were your thoughts on how that game went down? Have you ever experienced an environment like that in your entire life, not just at college? Or No, definitely. BC was a, a first for me. Uh, I've never played with in front of that many fans in my whole career, let alone college or high school or anything like that. I mean, it was a great atmosphere to be in. It just, you know, in atmospheres like that, you just got to rise to the occasion. You got to think, you know, everyone's there supporting you. You can't get too... Two up, two down. You got to stay very um, level-headed because you know the crowd can, you know, sway you a little bit one way or the other. But I mean, uh, it, it was wasn't a, exactly hostile territory. No, to be fair, es- especially like, after that delay, it was a, uh, it was pretty much a home game for us. So, um, you know, gotta give it up to our fans for that. I mean, that's incredible to stay out there in the rain and then still be out there after, and then supporting us like that. But no, it was a great game, uh, hard fought. But I mean, you know, we're moving on. But it was fun. Speaking of rising to the occasion, you rose to the occasion last week against Yale. What was working for you? Nine catches, three touchdowns um, as you guys played the Bulldogs in New Haven. Uh, I think just the coaches trusted me to get the ball. I mean, we didn't shy away from the pass game at all. We kept putting it on them, which was something that, you know, we haven't really been able to do in the past couple of games. So definitely throwing it around a bit has been um, was helpful for us. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think me and Sluka were just clicking and, you know, Whenever we're clicking, it's really bad news for the for the other team. So. It's like over under exaggeration right there. Yeah, absolutely. bad news. Yeah, terrible news. <laughs> so I gotta ask about the Spider Man cleats. Uh, you mentioned you had a bit of a story around those. We saw the celebration. We saw the cleats. You have a story behind that? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Spider Man's been my favorite uh, comic book character ever since I was really young. I mean, I remember dressing up for him as Halloween and things like that. So then having the ability to put the cleats on. Actually, my coach, uh, our defensive safety coach, Coach the Mikes, he sent me like a screenshot of the cleats, and I was like, "Oh, I have to get those." So then I got them, and then wore them that week. And then I had thought, you know, what a, what better celebration to do on the first touchdown than to be Spider Man? So <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, we, we always see uh, Coach D Mike. We on the love Coach D. Yeah. We're a big fan of Coach yeah. D Mike on the show. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone brings energy, it's it's Coach, oh, yeah. it's coach gotta be him. We gotta talk to him at some point. Yeah, we'll get him on the show. So you're going, you're coming back home after two games on the road. We're playing Colgate this week. Um, has your mindset changed at all? What, what kind of, how are you preparing for the week this week? Uh, no, I really think it's business as usual. I mean, Colgate's going to be a good team. They're going to be a gritty team. But I mean, I feel like we play our brand of football. There's really no one else that can beat us in ourselves. So I mean, I really feel like it's, you know, every other week we're going to play just as hard, practice just as hard, and the same outcome is going to happen. Absolutely. So what? And who do you think has been the most impactful in helping you become who you are on the football field here? 
Um, I would say just the community, just everyone just being able to be honest, be helpful, be open to, you know, just hearing me out, you know. So I think just just the community has been a, a great uh, help for me personally. And obviously your family is a huge supporter of the games. I see your mom there like nine out of ten times with the Coker jersey on. Absolutely. Just, just what is that like, just having her and your entire family really come out to all these games? I mean, it's really special. I mean, I'm blessed, you know. Not everyone has the has the luxury to have their family members there at the game. You know, people are coming from far and wide to watch, but not everyone can make every game every time. So having my mom there, my family there, it's really special. Um, I don't take it for granted, and, uh, you know, I love my family so much, and I'm really glad that they're there to see me in person to support me on my journey. We always love seeing them in the fans. Absolutely. Always love seeing them there. And uh, the last question I'm just going to ask is, obviously, um, this team has goals and expectations, right? And I think the last two years continuing to improve upon itself is like showing that there's something really there. And I just kind of wanted to hear what are your goals and expectations for this season? And uh, why are the, why do you have those goals? Well, I mean, I think coming off that undefeated season last year, I mean, I feel like everyone's thinking that we're going to go undefeated again. But I mean, obviously we can't, but we're going to continue to win every single game that we have. So, I mean, I think just keeping that culture, keeping that winning culture that we've had for the past couple of years, um, a, a big goal for us is just um, just having fun. You know, you don't really have a lot of opportunities to play college football, especially for and win as much as we have for the past three years. So, I mean, it's really just special and we're just we're just happy to be here. And we just want to continue to give Worcester, a, you know, a good rep. Absolutely. And, you know, going off that and um, obviously you want to give Worcester a good rep. So why should people come this weekend and support you guys uh, for your game against Colgate? I mean, I just think it's energetic football. You know, it's uh, it's good football. It's it's explosive football. You know, if you want to come watch people catch 50-yard touchdowns like this is the place to be. If you want to watch Jordan Fuller run for eight touchdowns in a game, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Finn's going to be the place to be. So, I mean, I feel like if you're – if you love football and you love watching good football, you know, why not just stop by fitting? Jalen, where can people find you? Just on social media. Uh, my Instagram is Coker Jalen. My Twitter is Jalen Coker. So pretty easy. And, um, yeah. Yeah, one last question. How does it feel to be him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try my best not to uh, give in to those uh, – comments but i mean <laughs> you know I, I definitely am blessed and i and i definitely have a a good hat on my shoulders and you know that's thanks to my family like we were talking about and you know it's just uh i'm, I'm just happy i'm just having yeah. fun if that equates me to him then you know it is what it is but you're never gonna hear me say it absolutely well we really love watching you on the football field we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us thank you for being here Jalen. Really no of appreciate course it. no problem at all thank you for joining us Jalen. absolutely have a great one that was once again Jalen Coker. Make sure to follow him wherever he can be followed. He's a great person. We really appreciate him. We wish him the best of luck this weekend against Colgate. The Crusaders return home. Yeah, they return home at Fitton Field. It's supposed to be a little bit rainy on Saturday, so we're going to oh. see how that plays an impact on the game. New Hampshire. Yeah. That's all I got to say. University of New Hampshire in the playoffs last year. I stood out there in the absolute downpour. I will say most rain. of the school was there. I don't know if we're going to get the same turnout just because this is like a much less playoff game. Like this is not even a playoff game. And we'll be real about Colgate for a minute. They have had a really bad start to the year. They got destroyed by Syracuse. And then my good friend Jake Reichwein and the Villanova Wildcats went in and just destroyed them there. And then they just lost again to, I believe it was Cornell. Yeah, so no, it was Penn. It was UPenn. It was an Ivy League team. They lost to an Ivy League team. Yeah, so they had a little bit of a rough start to their season. And then, you know, obviously this is the first Patriot League matchup for Holy Cross this year. Yeah, and those are always spicy. Those yeah, are always fun. I mean, and regardless of who's on the other side of the field, I mean, a Patriot League matchup is a Patriot League matchup. And anything can happen. Um, but, you know, coming back home, we'll see what impact the rain has. If the rain does come on Saturday, what impact that's going to have. Because, you know... Holy Cross likes to use their ground game a lot, but as Jalen mentioned in that in our interview with him, you know they were really slinging the ball around. They really use that the passing game, so it'll be interesting to see if they go back to the air and they want to continue going to the air, or if they go to that ground and pound game like they did against Boston College and like they did um, in the first game of the season. What I will say right now, get Justin short of the football. He's got great hands. It's rainy. He can catch. He did it in the New Hampshire game. Why is he not getting the ball anymore? That's what I have to say. Get him the football because if Coker's locked up, he's probably as explosive. 
Yeah, and I mean, absolutely getting Justin Shorter involved is, is interesting. Sometimes you just have to play the matchups, right? And if Coker's open, sometimes you want to just go to Coker. But Shorter as well, he's 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 a weapon. And as well, we, we mentioned Jacob Peterson, first ever career touchdown. I mean, he's showing signs of life. And I mean, if he's able to get going too, I mean, that's just another weapon that this offense is able to use at its disposal. And I think mm-hmm. Tyler Purdy's another guy we should talk Purdy, about. Yeah, Purdy's I mean, another guy. I mean, Fuller gets a lot of the talk in the running back. But Purdy, he's doing a really great job. He's catching a lot of passes out of the backfield he's doing a really great job of getting open and you know running really hard and helping this holy cross offense you know score 49 points at new haven and if they really want to go the running route we did see freshman Jaden clairvo uh he might get his name called a bit um interesting you mentioned peterson i don't think we've seen sean morris in a moment i think he got rolled up during the bc game we can also talk about uh another injury i did hear jake jarmola which did go down but even without Jake, I think the defense is going to be fine. Considering we've got Jacob Dobbs, he's just really good at football. And then you've also got Frankie Monty having a strong season. Curtis Harris-Lopez coming out of nowhere. Stu Smith has had some quarterback hits in the past couple Stu games. Stu Smith's been great as Stu a Stu Smith is a revelation. Yeah, he has been fantastic as a freshman. Where did he come from? Like, yeah. he gets his name called week one. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's been really exciting to see. And, obviously, you have to mention Haskins and Spence at the cornerback position. They've been doing a great job. And, I mean, Christian Ross has also been doing a great job. Christian on the Ross, line. of course, getting so, his name so called. So, we just want to mention all the names. They've been doing a great job. You know, week one, they were all getting used to each other. But uh, it seems like they're, you know, meshing together better now. And we saw that against Yale. They were really able to just shut Yale's offense down. And that's a really good offense they were able to shut down in the second half. So, Colgate this weekend – as Jalen said, come out and support the Holy Cross Crusaders. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. First matchup of the Patriot League. Can the Holy Cross Crusaders start one and zero in the Patriot League play? We'll find out on Saturday. And speaking of Holy Cross athletics, let's also talk about another team that plays with a ball on this campus. We're talking about soccer here. Who last night beat UMass one nothing? We yeah. don't talk soccer a lot, but we did want to shout that team out for this victory because. That's great to see. Yeah, the soccer team improved their record to 2-4-2 two, two on the season. They beat the University of Massachusetts last night. Evan Jones, the lone goal scorer in the 85th minute. So it was a scoreless defensive battle almost throughout. And then Evan Jones came in. He clutched it up late. And Holy Cross got their second one of the season. So I want to shout out the Holy Cross soccer team. Big win um, as they are, you know, starting Holy, uh, excuse me, starting Patriot League play. And I, I know they have goals and expectations to make some play, make a run in the playoffs this season too. So Absolutely. shout out Holy Cross soccer. Have you ever been to one of those? games I've been they're to, so fun they're great games they're to go fun to, even if even if the game doesn't go quite our way it's just fun to watch yeah and it's rowdy volleyball right. too speaking of volleyball this isn't in our planner but i do want to put a call out volleyball is playing in the heart center they don't usually play there this friday 6 p.m they're playing against american university in the heart center for the koozie cup match please go to that game yeah it'll be a fun one on friday would friday love to see them in there more often because that's just you know that gym needs some more use yeah, just always good to shout out uh, whatever, what, any collegiate athletics, especially Holy Cross Collegiate Athletics. So on the topic of collegiate athletics, let's talk about other FBS collegiate football matches that just happened this past weekend. And we can't talk about college football without discussing the Colorado Bowl this past weekend, which was without a doubt the most hyped up college game I have seen maybe since Joe Burrow versus Tua Tagovailoa. And it really lived up to the expectations. It started at 10 o'clock Eastern time, and I think every single person on the East Coast was up and awake at 2 in the morning, like, watching the end of this football game. Because, you know, Colorado came into the game as 24-point favorites. There was hype with Coach Prime, with sunglasses, not wearing sunglasses. What was going to happen? Was The Rock there, I think? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I think everybody in their mothers was there. There was... Little Wayne was rapping, walking was out into the tunnel. Shadur Sanders was, you know, you know, there with mixing it in with all the rappers on the sidelines. It was like the craziest collegiate environment I've ever seen for a football game. And just, it was, it was Colorado, Colorado State. Like that matchup a year ago is stupid. That matchup a year ago isn't even televised. That matchup a year ago is like Sicko's committee is watching that, and that's it. Absolutely. So that that's incredible. The first of all, it's a testament to Coach Prime. For getting his guys in there and turning that program around. But also, it's just it's just fun. This is just what college football is about. It's the most fun time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's Like you said, I, I completely agree. It's now, fun. you know what's not fun is Travis Hunter getting hurt. Yeah, He'll no. be out for a bit. But other than that, great game. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun football. And I mean, 
Yeah, you mentioned the hit on Travis Hunter. That's one. That's interesting. It's a controversial hit. Um, it was definitely late, um, but obviously, obviously, the poor guy from Colorado State. Uh, a lot of Colorado fans have been going after it's, him. I, I do like Coach Prime coming out and saying, "Don't do that." Yeah, I mean, as they shouldn't. I mean, I mean, it's he's, he's a guy, and he was making an aggressive play. It's on a the college football. kid they're talking it's, it's, to. Yeah, it's a college. He's kid. one of us essentially. He has. He's he ha- our age, and they're sending him death threats. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he has emotions. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's Colorado State. At the University of Colorado. Where was all the hype? All the hype was on the University of Colorado. Who was talking about Colorado State besides the fact that their coach was making fun of Coach Prime? No one was talking about Colorado State. Colorado State played extremely well. They, it, it was they were really leading great the entire game. It, that is awesome. for. I, wanted, I just want to say that is awesome for Colorado State. They exceeded every expectation America had for them. They went on the biggest stage that they've ever played probably in a college football game in their history. And they... You know, they didn't come out with the win. They, they, they choked it late. They, you know, they penalties. had an opportunity. They had some penalties. penalties. They went to double overtime. They just couldn't get it done. But Colorado State fought to the very end, and they should be extremely proud of themselves. And their quarterback was slinging the football all over the place. He's a really, he's a really good quarterback they got over there. So Colorado State is obviously uh, – they, they overperformed. They did really well. But the University of Colorado is 3-0, and they head of the University of Oregon this week. And then USC after. What do we think is going to happen at Oregon this week? Uh, a great football game. I don't really know who's winning that one, but it's going to be a great football game, that's for sure. So I'm in the camp of the University of Colorado is going to get waxed by the University of Oregon okay. this week. All right. You know, we talked about being on the Colorado train. We talked about being hyped for Colorado. And you know what? I have to admit what they're doing is exciting to watch, and it's it's going to make me watch their football games. It's going to make me want to turn on Colorado football, but... I think Bo Nix and Oregon's just going to be too much of an offense. They're I think, a good team. I think Oregon's going to wax them forty-eight to twenty. I don't even wow. think it's going to be close. All right. I think uh, Colorado's defense is going to get exposed by a really good offense, and you know I just think Colorado is going to run into that first real true road game. You know, I mean, not, not their first true road game. They were at TCU, so I mean, they impressed everyone there. So I guess it's not their first true road game. It's their first true road Pac-12 game, um, and I think Oregon's going to take care of business over there. I think they're going to win big. Um, Pac-12 series finale really shaping up to be excellent this year. Yeah, I mean, the Pac-12. Is, it's ridiculous. Stanford's a bad team. Everything yeah. else is pretty solid. We're going to get to a few of the other teams later. Uh, speaking of good games this weekend, Florida State, the number three team in the country, they traveled to Chestnut Hill where the Holy Cross Crusaders fell last week 31-28. to And Florida State was huge favorites over the Boston College Eagles. And what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened is uh, the hype got to them. And we were, we were even saying they might lose by 60. Props to Boston College. Props to Castellanos for going out there and just proving that he's a solid football player. Even after having to put out a chat GPT apology for his actions during the Holy Cross game. 0% human, by the way. <laughs> 0% human. But got to give them props. I mean, but there are things on that field that are inexcusable. Like, for example, Jeff Halfley. What are you doing with your team? 18 penalties, the most of all time in Boston College history? That's pathetic. Without those penalties... Boston College might have just pulled off the upset of the year. But unfortunately, Florida State walks away with a very close, I believe, 31-29 to victory, which begs the question, would Holy Cross have beat Florida State? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I can't even get through that without laughing. Yeah, you never know how those games match up. But uh, yeah, Jeff Halfley, what are you doing going for two before your last touchdown. I mean, it's just not great. It was not a well-managed football game. And, you know, Florida State, Jordan Travis, he got driven into the turf in the second quarter. He did not look the same ever since. Mm-hmm. They started off the third quarter hot and then just kind of fell apart. Wasn't throwing the ball as well as he could. Wasn't running as well as he could. Jordan Travis is a really good football player at Florida State. And you know what? The number three team in the country, you sometimes have to win ugly on the road. And, you know, it wasn't what it wasn't what Florida State wanted it to be. And I think there's no denying that it wasn't what Florida State wanted it to be. But, you know, they came away with a victory. They're moving on to Clemson at Clemson this week. That's going to be a huge game. And it's honestly just nice that Boston College, you know, as a prominent Holy Cross fan, I do really respect what they do with the Red Bandana game. And it's really nice to not see them get absolutely waxed on it. Oh, it was a great game. So, I was uh, I was yeah. I was locked into that game. It was yeah. extremely exciting. Talk- Those are some of the best uniforms in college football. Yes, too. Just are. the meaning and just it's such an emotional backstory. And I mean, I have nothing but respect for Boston College for doing that every year. Um, and I'm just honestly a little bit. I'm just glad they didn't get waxed so hard. And I yeah, it was a really fun game to watch. You mentioned Thomas Castellanos, the quarterback for Boston College. He's got some really good legs on him. He's a he's actually. A, much better quarterback than I thought he he's was. He's a solid football player. I mean, he, he, he was the reason, I think, that Boston College beat 
Holy Cross, um, and I think he was also the reason that they were in that game. Well, against... the reason they beat us was a weather delay. Yeah, well, but yeah, we, we've already mentioned that. But uh, yeah, and then uh, Johnny or yeah Johnny Wilson, a uh, receiver for Forest State, he's a guy to watch out. He's mm-hmm. just absolutely electric. So Forest State at Clemson this week, huge game. I'm guaranteeing we're going to be talking about that one on the podcast next week. So we'll see what's going on. Speaking of big matchups, Kansas State went to the University of Missouri this week, and Kansas State was ranked. University of Missouri was not. What happened? What happened was a 61-yard field goal to end the game. Yeah, Harrison. There you go. Harrison Mevis. He missed a 20-yard field goal at the University of Auburn last year. And he made a to 61. Win the game. He missed 20 yards to win the game at Auburn last year, and they and lost he, double and he, overtime. And he won 61. And what did he do? He had the, so he stupid. Had, he, I mean, he was the man on campus. God, yeah, I, I mean, love college football. 61 yards. I mean, you don't even see professionals make 61 No, everybody misses goals. that unless your name's like Justin, Justin Tucker, Tucker or yeah. like – I know Harrison Butker is pretty good. Outside of that, like yeah. you're not maybe making... Evan McPherson on yeah. a good day. That, maybe that's Will just... Lutz back in the day, but back yeah. in the day, you know Stephen Gaskowski back in the day, yeah. Adam Vinatieri back in the day, like prime Hauschka maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just naming good kickers. Harrison Mevis might be joining those ranks one day. After that, that was an extremely impressive kick from Harrison Mevis in Missouri. You know, we just wanted to mention that they upset the Kansas State University and. I think Missouri's got something cooking over there in Columbia. I'm not ready to say that. Yeah, they're going to have a tough schedule. <laughs> no, I'm not ready. SEC's not giving them a cupcake schedule, that's for sure. Speaking of the SEC and uh, not cupcake schedules, Tennessee, they went to the University of Florida. They were supposed to win. The University of Florida, we talked about them week one after their game against Utah. They laid an egg yeah. uh, against Utah and their backup quarterback. And, you know, they did not lay an egg at home against Tennessee. I gotta be honest with you. I was on a retreat during this game, and I did not watch it. So you're gonna need to you're gonna need to talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Florida they they looked good. I mean, Tennessee Joe Milton was just not who he who he is. I mean, Joe Milton was had a, had a few picks where he just didn't look himself. Tennessee, you know, they were rattled by that uh, Florida crowd. Florida pretty much was completely packed. Everyone was there. Everyone was dressed in blue and orange. They were not Tennessee orange. All blue and orange for Florida. They were. Yelling the entire game. It was the primetime game. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. Uh, the hype was there, and, I mean, Florida lived up to the hype. Tennessee did not. Uh, their first true road game. I thought Tennessee was really going to have an opportunity to do some crazy things this year. And, I mean, 29-16 to 16 Florida. That's not what I saw yep. in the cards. So, Florida won, uh, Florida won convincingly. Um, and Is Florida you know, ranked right now? They're, or? they're not yet okay. ranked, but uh, that is a good win for their program. They're going to have some big games coming up. Um, the University of Florida, they always have the opportunity to play spoiler in Gainesville. So Absolutely. that is not a place you want to go play. Um, but Tennessee, just wanted to mention that, you know, they are just not what I thought they were going to be. And, you know, they're just going to be a mid-17 to 25 team all season. I actually not... just learned that uh, their football stadium is able to suit 100,000 people. I will I'll be attending a game at the University really? of Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> missing the game against Georgia for by a day. Uh, uh, but I'm going to Tennessee Vanderbilt, which is regardless a college football game at I the mean, University of Tennessee. That so is that, one of the football games that will be played this year. Yes, yeah, so that will be an interesting one to see. So the University of Tennessee, we'll see if they can turn around. I don't think they can after we'll that see. loss. Speaking of SEC and teams, you know, not performing to their to their level, the University of Georgia yeah, that, did not this, look great. This one I was interested in because I was like, all right, maybe Georgia's finally going to win convincingly. Nope, nope, they were not good. They won the game. But they weren't good at all. It was 14-3 to South Carolina at the half. Yeah, I mean, how do you fall behind that hard as a number one ranked program? To I mean, an unranked team, too. At home. Yeah. I mean, it was just not a good look for the University of Georgia. I mean, again, Florida State, sometimes you have to win ugly. But you normally want to win ugly on the road. You don't want to win ugly at home. You don't want to win ugly in the home after winning back-to-back championships. Yeah. Being Georgia and... Yeah, not a great look for that team right now. Yeah, I think you know they they got the new quarterback, and it's just they're gonna have they're gonna be on watch. I think this season. Mm-hmm. I think these road games for them just aren't gonna be as easy as they have been in years past. Mm-hmm. And I think you know Spencer Rattler, he's a great quarterback for the University of South Carolina, but the University of South Carolina should have no business competing on the field. No, they should the they shouldn't be Georgia, anywhere near Georgia right now. I mean, every five star recruit they have, and and they were, and that's an int- it's interesting to see um, how Georgia goes down the stretch. But I think. The moral of the story, and we're going to get to in a second, is that the parody in college football is as good as it's ever been. Oh, yeah. It's crazy right now. Speaking of that, Alabama, South Florida. Alabama did not put up many points this game. Alabama won 17-3. to And it like, was 3 nothing and 3-3 to for a long time. It was a muggy day. They played at Hard Rock Stadium. Or, um, excuse me. They played in Jacksonville, actually. They played at uh, the, the ja- Bank. Yeah, they played yeah. at the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. It was rainy. It was, it was an ugly game. And, 
I mean, the Alabama quarterback situation is... I mean, have we ever seen an Alabama quarterback uh, situation like this? I mean, maybe a long time ago, but this is not going well right now. They're going back to Milrow this week as they host Ole, um, Ole Miss at home. But, I mean, the, the guys they threw out there, the uh, Notre Dame transfer... Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, and uh, the freshman that they threw out there, they just were not getting it done against South Florida. And uh, the Bulls, you know, they're not a great program, but they hung in tough with the number, you know, now out of the ranked out of the top 10 team in the country, University of Alabama. When was the last time we ever saw them ranked out of the top 10? I think, I, I don't remember if the um, 2019 they were out of the top 10, but they did lose a few games. Yeah. They might have been 10 yeah. that year, but yes. So Alabama is two and one with a home loss at the University of Texas, who's obviously good, but and a not convincing win yeah, against, against South Florida. Yeah, that's just not good for them. What do you team. think about Ole Miss cutting going into Bryant Denny Stadium this weekend? Uh, do you think Ole Miss has a shot? Jackson Dart, he's a really good quarterback. I would like to believe because I would love to see Alabama get knocked down a peg, but I mean I'm gonna have to watch that one closely. Yeah. I I think it's gonna be a much closer game than people are gonna think. I think Jackson Dart is going to put up a lot of points. Bama is just not good this year. Their defense is just getting taken advantage of, and I think Jackson Darson put up a lot of points on this Alabama defense, and I think Ole Miss has a really, really good shot. I'm saying this on the podcast. Ole Miss has a really good shot to knock off Alabama. I just don't think it's Alabama's year. This is an 8-4 and four Alabama team. No, this is not their year. They're not making the playoff. They'll make a bowl game because they Absolutely. always do, but they're not going to be the Alabama we expect them to be, which I'm okay with. Get well, someone else in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, there's the top six, five teams in the country are each represented by a different Power Five conference. And that's All real, Power Five conferences quite, are represented beautiful. in the top five. It's wonderful. Which is great to see. And uh, speaking of a different Power Five conference, not ranked in the top five, but one more game I wanted to talk about was the University of Washington going into your Michigan State this, Spartans. This hurts. I know why you put this on here. Just to play with my emotions a little more. Michigan State's going through a tough time right now. Mel Tucker, I don't want to get into that, but he's gone. I just don't have any words to say other than you suck. Honestly, I just think Washington's really, really good. Yeah, but Michigan State's terrible. I, I'm willing to say that they're not a good program right now. I, Washington I, is a good team. Eight ranked overall right now. The Pac-12 is a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a disappointing season for Michigan State. It's not like the Big Ten's going to be easy. I like Kenneth Walker. Go Seattle Seahawks. That's that's all we've got. And if it makes you feel better, USC and UCLA are going into the Big Ten next year, so things are not going to get easier. Don't talk to me. Um, But the University of Washington, Michael Penix, Jalen McMillan, I mean, they are they are really, really, really good offense up there uh, in the Northwest, and I think teams need to be aware of the University of Washington sneaking into a playoff spot this year. I think the University of Washington, you know, USC is going to be a tough game, but if they're able to upset USC, I think they they could represent. they are going to have the opportunity to get into the playoff this year. Michael Penix is he's doing special things for that program. Is he draft eligible this year? He is draft All right, eligible, will, and he will be drafted this he, year. Well, yeah, he's going to be drafted. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, it is a matter. He plays. He plays as well as he can. Maybe early second round, late first. It's going to be interesting to see a lefty. Let's see what they do with the lefty quarterback. We haven't seen one in a while. Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, besides Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. Going from collegiate football and transferring to the NFL, uh, you had a rough week. I don't want to talk about time. it. We're going to talk about just, it. Just, just, you just. You had a rough week look, making predictions. I, I made a blatant homer pick, and in everything else, I'm not exactly sure what happens. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about a few NFL games for the upcoming week three, and we're going to make our picks for that. But just recapping a few games from last week. Um, that Steelers Bengals game on Monday night. Let's talk about that. That, that was, was a that was the crazy Browns. Game. Excuse me, a Browns Browns, Browns Steelers. Game I gotta on be honest night. with you. I turned it off after the injury, and we all know which one I'm talking about. Because yeah. you see something like that, and you don't really want to keep watching football. Because no. poor Nick Chubb. I love watching him play. I don't know if he's ever gonna play again. Just considering he's getting up there in age, he's injured that knee before, he's already out for the year. They haven't confirmed how bad the injury is, but I can assume several ligaments and a dislocated knee. Yeah, I mean, it looked ugly, and the Steelers, you know, you didn't think they were going to keep it close. They, they they had no business really being in that game. Kenny Pickett didn't really do anything to win them that He's game. not good. Najee Harris was running horizontally. He's Trent Richardson. He's, he's Trent Richardson. Najee Harris is not a good running back, but Jalen Warren, their backup, he's got something in him. <laughs> I just, I like how everyone was telling me before the season, it's Jalen Warren season. I'm like, nah, shut up. Najee's bouncing back. No, it's, it's Jalen Warren it, season. It's Jalen Warren season. He's a really talented running back back there. 
And I mean, you saw George, George Pickens with the seventy-one yard touchdown. Yeah, he's gonna middle. be he's gonna be getting a lot more of he's those a, with he's Deontay a, on IR. Yeah, he's a he's a good court, uh, wide receiver to look out for. And uh, you know, one other game I wanted to talk about, not to my pleasure, but the Giants they came back from a huge deficit to stun the Cardinals. That's genuinely impressive, but also I think the Giants do have a lot of questions to answer, even getting in that position against the no offense terrible Cardinals. I I mean Saquon Barkley's now out for at least one game. You've got several question marks with your four-year, $160 million quarterback, Daniel Jones, your wide receiver core starting to develop. Jalen Hyatt's looking okay. But, I mean, your offensive line has regressed. And I don't know what to tell you other than every other team in your division is undefeated right now. Look, it was night and day in the first half and the second half for the New York Giants. But, I mean, in the first half, it was scary. No, it was terrible the Cardinals were The Cardinals and Joshua Dobbs we're running all over the New York Giants defense, and I, that is not a good sign. Kayvon Thibodeau can't do it by himself. I mean, he's got to get some help from some some defensive backs. You know, actually, who texted me during that game? The guy who announced Kayvon Thibodeau's draft selection, Sam Prince, was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. He, was, he is by far the biggest Giants fan I've ever met, and even he was crushed. Five points vids, you know him? You know of him? Talking to him? He's not happy on Twitter either. Like, th- they're all mad. The Giants have some questions to answer. They got Thursday night at the San Francisco 49ers. They probably didn't even travel back to New York State on the West Coast. We didn't we didn't put this game on our list because yeah. I don't think this is. Didn't put this game on our list, but it's gonna be ugly. Yeah. Uh, I think the 49ers are gonna win big and the Giants are gonna head home and they're gonna have some questions to answer. Yeah, we'll see if Ayuk plays though. That's a big question. That is a right big now. question mark. Uh, but I think the 49ers offense is still just without Ayuk, that's like what? Three elite options? Yeah. 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 They're fine. Yeah. They'll be they'll be good. But games to predict for the week last week. Self boast. I went four and one. I had the Steelers and I had the uh, Dolphins. I had the Dolphins. Yeah. We both had the Bengals uh, beating the Ravens. That did not happen. The Bengals lose again. Bengals are in trouble. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah. That that's not a good start for the Bengals. They have an interesting game this week. We're going to talk about yep. it in a few minutes. But Bengals um, have not looked good thus far. And Burrow's hurt again. Yeah, Burrow tweak the calf. Yeah, Burrow's not looking great. So let's get right into it. Uh, the 1 p.m. Eastern slot starts with the Saints at the Packers. Saints were 2-0, mm-hmm. one on Monday night against the Carolina Panthers. It was an ugly game, but they got it done. And the Packers are 1-1, lost by one in Atlanta to the Falcons. I'm not sure what the Falcons are. They're an interesting team. The Falcons are undefeated. That's something. Yeah, they're an interesting team. Um, but the Packers are got their first game at Lambeau. What's going to go on there? Well, Jordan loves a good quarterback. I'm ready to say that. Uh, he has been great. He's been one of the better quarterbacks, I would say, in the league thus far. I mean, you've got questions regarding is Christian Watson going to get healthy? What's up with Aaron Jones? Is your defense able to stop anything? But I, I, I think the Packers are going to pull out a win this week just because you're at home. Jordan Love's development seems to have gone well. Romeo Dobbs, let's not forget he's a solid player. I, I don't see the Saints marching in, especially with an even more injured running back room now. As well as, you know, Derek Carr is just not cooking. I mean, he's 2-0, but, I mean, he's, he's getting a lot of help from his receivers. No, Rashid Shahid has been really Rashid good. Rashid Shahid's a revelation. Chris Olave is he's incredible. Michael great. Thomas is back to his old form. He's healthy through week two, so that's a start. Wowie, wow, wow. There yeah. he goes. Um, I'm going to say, though, this is a great NFC matchup. Like, you get the payday of Breeze Rogers here, and now, although it's Carr love, it's nowhere near where it used to be. But I still think it'll be a good game. I think the Packers take this one 24-17. I also agree that the Packers are going to win at Lambeau. It's tough to go into Lambeau and win. It's not going to be freezing cold yet. I mean, the Packers, they seem to always win those freezing cold games at Lambeau, except for against the Lions last year um, in in the last week of the season. But... I do think the Packers are going to win against the Saints. I just think Packers are going to find, you know, a few big plays and they're going to break through. I think, like you said, Romeo Dubes, he's going to have a good game. He's a pretty good deep threat. So I think if Jordan Love, they will get him He was ball. drafted pretty late, too. Yeah, and I think A.J. Dillon's going to have to make, make a little bit of an impact. Boston College, go Eagles. Um, but Don't I say think, that on the podcast ever. <laughs> but I think the uh, the Packers are going to win it. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring. I think it's going to be 2017. The Packers are going to beat the Saints. Absolutely. So next up, we've got the Choker Bowl, Chargers-Vikings. This game is going to hurt to watch because I have a soft spot for both of these teams. I own several Vikings jerseys. Uh, Shout out my friends from Minnesota who gifted me a Minnesota Vikings hat in a time where I really needed one. uh, I'm going to just watch two teams stumble over each other for the 60 whole minutes. And here's the problem with both the teams. 
The Vikings, Kirk Cousins is off to a phenomenal start to his season. Jordan Addison's great. Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. They just traded for Cam Akers. I don't know how much of an impact he makes, but I think Alex Madison, I still believe in the guy after two rough weeks. Your defense is fine. Like, they're a little better than last year. Your offensive line, nothing to write home about. But you're the Vikings. And you're going to stumble all over yourselves just because you're the Vikings. Chargers are the same way. Brandon Staley needs to be fired this year. That's all I got to say about the Chargers. Vikings are going to win this game. I think they take their first one of the year. And I think they're going to win it uh, 37-27. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game for sure. Here's the difference between the Chargers and the Vikings. The Vikings, they've lost close games, and they've turned the ball over so many times in both of those games. The Chargers, they've lost close games but haven't even turned the ball over once. Their defense couldn't stop. I mean, they could have guarded a moving a parked car. J.C. Jackson saying. is burnt toast. Yeah, I think we've said that now twice in three episodes. J.C. Jackson could be the worst cornerback in the NFL. <laughs> and I'm saying this as a former J.C. Jackson fan. <laughs> yeah, so... Long story short, it, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Offenses are going to put up points. It's going to be a quick-moving game. We're going to throw the ball. Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball 50 times. Justin Herbert could throw it 55. You never know what's going to go on. Eckler Austin, might be out yeah. again, too. Yeah, so that's big. To see if Eckler's out. If Eckler's in, I think this game's going to come down to the wire. Yep. Um, if Eckler's out, I think the Vikings are going to escape with their first victory. I mean, but they've lost at home to the, to the Buccaneers already, so... Um, I don't know what's going to go on. I do think the Vikings are going to win it. I think it's going to be a close a close matchup. It's going to be extremely high scoring. I'm going to say the Vikings are going to win 34-31. Kirk Cousins gets his first win of the season. And he deserves it, honestly. He's been playing great. He's been playing great. He has coughed it up a few times, though, which has been costly. But I'm also an unapologetic Kirk Cousins supporter. Yeah. So, well, uh, Kirk Cousins has, yeah. Kirk Cousins and Madison have, have had some oil on their fingers. So yeah. let's get a grip on that football if you want to win Vikings. But yeah, I think absolutely. they're going to get it done in the Chargers. I mean, man, that's a, that's an interesting football team. because They're in every game. They could be they so just, good. They just never close it out, and I don't think they're going to close it out again no. this week. So let's talk about other 0-2 teams. I grimace as I say that because the Patriots are 0-2. But 0-2 and looking better than some teams who have won a game, uh, including the New York Jets, who they play this week. The Zach Wilson-New England Patriots defense matchup never works in Zach Wilson's favor. Marcus Jones is hurt. John Jones might not be playing. The Patriots are going to win this game. We, we don't even need to talk much. I, the Patriots are going to own the Jets now that Aaron Rodgers is no longer part of the equation. Zach Wilson is not a good NFL quarterback, especially not against New England Patriots. They averaged two inches of offense every play last time Zach Wilson played the Patriots. Yes, they have a better team now than they did last year, but they're not going to win this game. We can say that with confidence. It's not going to be a good game. It's going to be an ugly game to watch, but the Patriots are going to come on top 17-10. to 10. This is our first disagreement of the week. I hate you. I can't say I'm supporting Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. I'm going to say I'm supporting Garrett Wilson getting open and burning the Patriots. You know, you said they always shut down your number one They receiver, shut down Tyreek. But I really do think Garrett Wilson's going to have a day. Um, and like you said, Marcus Jones is hurt. That's a huge blow to the Patriots' defense. Um, we're, we're but if John Jones is back, then you can count yeah. Wilson out for a while. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Also, Christian Gonzalez is finally showing us why he was a 17th overall pick. Yeah. What an interception yeah. last game. He's Tyreek Hill had good things to say about him. Yeah. And when you've got Hill's support, that means you're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think the Patriots, their offense just isn't going to be enough. I mean, Stevenson and Zeke just have not been moving the ball no. with much force this season. And, I mean, Kendrick Bourne is your number one receiver. It's just not good. It's actually Devontae Parker. Yeah, well, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Juju Smith-Schuster wide receiver room is not it's, what it's you just, want. It's not what we wanted. Yet. Um, And I just don't think – it's going to be a low-scoring game. Get Tyquan Thornton back game. on the field. Thank you very much. <laughs> Regardless of what happens, I do think the offenses are, are going to – there's going to be a lot of putts. I think there's going to be a lot of punts in this game. The offenses are Bryce not going to be Bryce Baringer masterclass They're incoming. They're not going to be firing on all cylinders, and I think the Jets are just going to win an extremely low-scoring – um, a game. I think they're going to win at sixteen to uh, thirteen. Yeah, that 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 could be the final score either yeah. way. Yeah, seventeen ten or sixteen thirteen just yeah. seems reasonable. Yeah. Speaking of you know good defenses, the Bills and the Commanders they both have good defenses. Can and we talk about how Sam Howell might be a good quarterback? Yeah, I mean he's dropping dimes. Yeah, 
I mean, the the Commanders they have a good defense. It didn't really show up in in Denver. The Broncos and the and the uh, Commanders they had a high scoring thirty five thirty three game, and Russell Wilson I mean almost threw a miracle. But yeah, that was an incredible play to watch. Yeah. I was I was flabbergasted. It looks like Russell Wilson has finally started to recapture some of the Wilson magic he yeah. used to have. But prayer was not answered, unfortunately. No, no and, he, uh, he he was not right. They did not the get they did not get the uh, two point conversion. And the Commanders are two and zero. They won. Um, they're hosting the Bills. Uh, the Bills are just a good team. I mean, they, they dominated the Raiders at home, but, you know, are they going to be good on the road? Who knows? I'm not sure. They did not look good against the Jets mm-hmm. on the road, even with Zach Wilson playing the entire game. Uh, Josh Allen. Actually, Aaron Rodgers played four snaps. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. But um, Josh Allen, I mean, he threw three picks that game. He was not seeing defense as well. Uh, let's see if the commanders can, you know, throw some interesting coverage out there. If, if the commanders go 3-0, and are they, like, are they a contender? No. I, I like the Commanders, but when you've got Philadelphia and Dallas in your division, you're not going to make the title. That's that's what I'll say right now. But I like Brian Robinson. He had a great game. I like Terry McLaurin. He had a pretty good game. I like Sam Howell. He had a great game. I like Chase Young. He's back. I don't know what to say about this one, so I'm going to let you pick first. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. I... I think this is going to be one of the games of the day. I think it's going to come this down to... This is a to, sneaky game of the year I matchup. think it's going yeah. to come down to who has the ball last. And I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I think it could be a good thing as if you scored the ball last, or it could be a bad thing as if you have a costly turnover with the ball last. I'm not sure what it's going to come down to. Um, but if I had to pick, I'm, I'm going to say the Bills win a close, close matchup. I'm going to say it's as close as a singular point. 24-23, Bills escape. In Washington. You know what? Just because you said that, I'm going to pick the opposite. I think Buffalo is a good team. But I don't think they're as good as they used to be. And I think the commanders are still getting slept on. I don't think they're first place in the NFC East were, like, good. But you got to remember, the Bills have some expectations. They haven't been living up to them. There's some frustration going on around there. I think the commanders might just eke out a win here. And I say that... Very cautiously because I don't trust this team. But just for the sake of being different, we'll go 27-24 Commanders. I like it. And finally, the last game of the week, we have another double Monday night matchup. They need to stop doing this. I'm sorry. But one of those Monday night matchups is the Rams. They are heading to Cincinnati to play the Bengals who lost at home against the Ravens last week. Bengals are owing to nobody in America saw this coming. Um, Joe the Rams, Burrow. meanwhile, also nobody saw this coming with yeah. them. Yeah, but Joe Burrow, you said re-aggravating that injury. Uh, Puka Nakua catching every single he's, ball he's, thrown in his direction. What is he? he what, is he real? He's a fifth rounder out of BYU well, well, who has I, the most receptions in the league this season. Fifth year, fifth round. The fact that Puka Nakua is a player just baffles me. The fact that he's a good player is even more incredible. Because, like, what is what is this guy? Like BYU. Who is the last good player to come out of BYU? Zach Wilson? No. (laughs) He was good at BYU. He did not come out good. Puka Nakua, I would like to believe he keeps this up because, first of all, I got him on the waiver wire in both my Holy Cross fantasy leagues, and you best believe I'm starting him weekly now. 30 points in your second career game is stupid. He's just incredible. And they've made Tutu Atwell look good, too. Like, what is, what is this team? Yeah, 2-2 Outwell out of the University of Louisville. I mean, Matt Stafford doesn't have a lot of weapons to use from. They just traded Cam Akers. They're using Kyron Williams in the backfield a lot. Again, Kyron Williams, another good player. Yeah, so it's interesting. The Rams are an interesting team. They, you know, they lost to the 49ers last week. They're a one-on-one team, but they beat the Seahawks in Seattle, which I don't think many people saw coming. Uh, the Rams, they're going to give you a tough game. No matter yeah. where you play, no matter what time you play, no matter what day you play, no matter... How you play, the Los Angeles Rams are going to give you a tough game. Sean McVay is never going to give in. Aaron McDonald is still an NFL player, and as long as he's a player, that yeah. team is going to be competitive yeah. on the defensive side yeah. of the football. Aaron Donald is ridiculous. The Bengals are interesting. They're just not getting it done. Chase and Higgins, you know, they've had taken turns having mediocre games. Well, Higgins had a good game last Higgins week. Higgins had a good game yeah. last week. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say the Bengals are going to win. As much as I don't want the Bengals to – I don't want to pick the Bengals. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I think I picked the Bengals now three weeks in a row, and they're, oh, they've cost me twice. So I'm going to pick the Bengals again. I think they're going to win 31-23. to 
I think that's going to be close up until the end. The Bengals are going to separate themselves. Josh, Jamar Chase is finally going to have that game where you're like, Jamar Chase is one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's going to get it going. I don't know who's going to be thrown to him. I hope it's Joe Burrow um, for his sake. But the Bengals are going to win on Monday night. And uh, the Rams um, are going to fall to 1-2. Would the backup be an upgrade to Joe Burrow in his current state, though? Like, that's the question. I can't pick the Bengals again. I can't. I can't do it because they have hurt me twice now. They, I've picked them both times. We both like, have. We both have, and they've sucked. I think the Rams take this one. I think it's going to be 30-27, and I think Puka Nakua gets his first career NFL touchdown. I mean, we talked about it. The Rams are going to give you a tough game. And I think he's going to get his first career NFL touchdown, which he hasn't gotten yet. It's crazy. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great week of college football. Holy Cross at Colgate. Big matchup this weekend. Hopefully the weather you know, allows everyone to come out. Come support your Crusaders. Thank you again to Jalen Coker for joining the podcast. Really appreciate you ha- having you here. And uh, what else you got? Uh, I hope you're having a great week because mine has been quite busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted, yeah. but we, we are doing our best. Yeah, and again, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And uh, if you have any ideas for uh, things you want to hear on the podcast, please reach out to Ben and I. Let us know. It's, it's a Satercast podcast, but as you, as you can see, we'll talk all sports on here. Yeah, so, so you can reach out to me at, at BenLepper11 on Instagram, uh, at LepperSports on Twitter. You have any socials? Yeah, just uh, Augie Walters 3 um, on Instagram and, uh, and on Twitter. So I'm sorry, we, I, 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 mispro- I, uh, I mispronounced X. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, please, yeah, just reach out to us if you have anything you want to hear on the podcast. Really appreciate everyone uh, for listening, and uh, have a great week. Uh, episode 3 of the Satercast, the, the wildcard race, it's been insane. We're going to have more wildcard race coming up. We're going to have more football coming up, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate having you here. We'll see you soon.